and welcome to the Hearsay Sidebar, a podcast where the Hearsay team gets together around the microphone to talk about the legal side of what's in the news. The Hearsay Sidebar is a podcast by Lext Australia, a legal innovation company that makes the law easier to access and easier to practice. Joining me today is Jacob Melby on the Hearsay team. Jacob, you're sort of the you're the guy who gets things done around here. That's what I like to call myself, at least. Yeah, absolutely. I think <laughs> your position sort of defies description, but you're known by your reputation yeah, for exactly. getting things done. That's the main thing. Yeah, agreed. Now, what are we talking about today? So today, as we record this, the decision from the ICAC regarding Gladys Berejiklian has been handed down after I think it's one long year of waiting. Yeah, um, it's finally been handed down. So we had to discuss that and sort of legal implications. Operation Keppel. Keppel, eh? What does that mean? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but in keeping with the ICAC's penchant for abstract operation names in relation to its investigations, this one was Operation Keppel. Very good to know. Gladys Berejiklian and her former partner, also an MP, Daryl Maguire. Sorry, David. I'm just going to have to interject there. Please. Not partner. They just had a very close personal relationship. Right. That's what Gladys said in her first hearing to sort of flag anyone to it, was that they had a very close personal relationship. The whole hearing was like, was he a partner? Did she consider him a partner? Right, because she wouldn't have introduced him to her family. In that. Yes, I do remember that at the time of the hearings. Yeah. Well, yes, let's say that. Yeah. Gladys Berejiklian, former Premier, and Daryl Maguire, her uh, person with whom she had a close personal relationship, which <laughs> perhaps did not rise as high as a relationship exactly. or partnership. Good, thank you. Uh, but still a close personal relationship. Former MP for Wagga. Yes, former MP for Wagga. And it was his position as member for Wagga that got him into the sights of Operation Keppel. So headline items, Operation Keppel's made a finding of serious corrupt conduct on the part of Mr. Maguire and on the part of Gladys Berejiklian. Those findings related to Mr. Maguire's conduct in benefiting both his own financial affairs, his associates, and a company called Gateway International that he was a director of, not a shareholder, but with whom he had an arrangement to share some of its own financial benefits mm. too. And as you might remember from the hearing, Mr. Maguire was an advocate for grant funding for organisations in his electorate in Wagga Wagga. Beautiful electorate of Wagga Wagga. Yes, yes, the beautiful electorate of Wagga Wagga. I'm sure it is a beautiful I'm sure place. Uh, in particular, a clay shooting body, ACTA, the Australian Clay Targeting Association. Is that right? <laughs> Another acronym. <laughs> Another acronym, yep. And the findings against Ms. Berejiklian related to her position as someone who was sitting on the Expenditures Committee, the Committee of Parliament, that would approve those grants at a time that she had this close personal relationship and was being influenced in relation to those grants by the person with whom she was in Correct. a close personal relationship, having not disclosed that or mm. recused herself from that position. Also, I think there was a grant as well in regards to a conservatorium in the beautiful electorate of Wagga as well. Yeah, well, we should be clear about what the Commission's finding is. This is from its announcement or its public release this morning. The Commission finds that Ms Berejiklian engaged in serious corrupt conduct by breaching public trust in 2016 and 2017 through exercising her official functions in relation to the funding promised or awarded to ACTA, that's the Australian Clay Targeting Association, without disclosing her close personal relationship with Mr Maguire when she was in a position of a conflict of interest between her public duty and her private interest, which could objectively have the potential to influence the performance of her public duty. The Commission also finds that in the same period, Ms Berejiklian partially exercised her official functions in connection with funding promised to ACTA, influenced by the existence of her close personal relationship with Maguire. So there's 
really two findings there. One, failure to disclose the existence of the relationship, which might have influenced it. And it's interesting phrasing there. Also finds that in the same period, she partially exercised her official functions, influenced by the close personal relationship. Not wholly, but partly. Yeah. And that's the other finding there. The reason I brought up the conservatorium as well, and I think it's very important that you made that distinction, is there were multiple projects that it was alleged Maguire mentioned to Gladys. One of those, like I mentioned, was the conservatorium. Another one was Maguire trying to benefit financially, personally, by linking a affluent member of the Wagga electorate with a seller, and that sale was going to occur after potential approval of moving a road closer to that property. So there were multiple allegations going in. I think the important one in regards to Gladys is the clay shooting. Yeah. The recital hall, I think, is the conservatorium. Sorry, yeah. yeah. The RCM proposal, yep, as yep, it's yep. called. And then there's the meta corrupt conduct finding, really, <laughs> which is that as a public official, she had a duty to report to the Independent Commission Against Corruption the existence of or a suspicion of corrupt conduct yep. on the part of Mr. Maguire, yep. who himself was engaging in corrupt conduct, and she failed to do that. Exactly. And there's a whole list of those. Yeah. Now, what's really interesting about this, and I think what's kind of brought us into the recording room today, is ICAC's findings and its recommendations about prosecutions mm. arising from its findings. Of course, an ICAC operation does not result in any kind of prosecution or sanction. It, in practice, often does in that members of parliament, members of political parties often find themselves ejected from those parties or those positions or find themselves forced to resign. But ICAC's not doing that. It's just investigating and making recommendations at the end. And of course, this is no exception. No criminal charges have been laid or proven against Gladys Berejiklian or Daryl Maguire. So it is the Director of Public Prosecutions who's responsible for making a decision about whether criminal charges should be laid and whether those will be taken to trial and proven. And what's interesting there, I think, is... Now, the Commission doesn't recommend anything on this point. The Commission seeks the advice <laughs> of the DPP in relation to this, and it seeks the advice of the DPP about prosecuting Daryl Maguire, Mm. as well as the associate of Daryl Maguire, Maggie Wang, and the Gateway International Director, Philip Elliott, Mm. seeks the advice of the DPP about their prosecution, but is not of the opinion that any consideration should be given to seeking the advice of the DPP, if you can follow that garden path sentence, (laughs) not of the opinion that consideration should be given to obtaining the advice of the DPP in respect of the prosecution of Gladys Berejiklian. Very careful wording, very careful wording. And I think that's important as well, talking to a broader sort of discussion about ICAC that we saw sort of heading up towards the election of the federal ICAC sort of discussion. People falling on all sides of the political spectrum, some people would want a federal ICAC or even the New South Wales ICAC to not just make findings of fact, but make criminal findings, even there are people that land on that side. But then there's also people who are are against the idea of even the ICAC as a sort of body making findings of fact even at all. So that's an interesting discussion that I guess we'll save for another time. But yeah. Yeah. And I suppose part of the, well, the controversy, if you like, about ICAC and and a federal ICAC is the extent of its investigative and sort of interrogatory powers. Yeah. We're very familiar, whether 
from our own justice system or the justice systems we see on television, <laughs> that generally someone who is the subject of a criminal prosecution can't be forced to give evidence against themselves. You yep. know, in the United States, they call that pleading the fifth. You just don't have to answer in Australia. <laughs> but that's not true. You can uh, plead the fifth in Australia too. It just won't do anything. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the fifth of what? But at ICAC, you can't do that. It is an offence not to give evidence at ICAC, even if it's up evidence that might incriminate you. Yep. And so that is an extraordinary power that ICAC has. And we can speculate that it sort of comes into play in terms of why Gladys Berejiklian might not be subject to that, seeking the advice to consider <laughs> potentially laying a prosecution. Of course. And that is because I think a lot of the evidence that came out in the hearing that would have led to these conclusions was the result of evidence given by Gladys Berejiklian herself or Daryl Maguire, mm. in both cases, the sort of evidence that could only be compelled at ICAC yeah. and is not admissible in a criminal trial. You might think, okay, well, that's already out now. You know, it's in the ICAC transcripts. Can't you just submit the ICAC transcripts as evidence in the criminal trial? No, you can't. Yep. The yep. fact of it being adduced in that forum means that it can't then be relied upon in a criminal trial. Right. And I think what you said there about being compelled to provide evidence, even if it does incriminate, actually does come majorly into play for the reason there was an ICAC investigation into Gladys at all, right? Mm. The first ICAC hearing that we had was, as we've been discussing, investigating Daryl and all his wheeling and dealing in the (laughs) electorate of Wagga. And Gladys was called as a witness in that investigation. She sits before the hearing, puts her hand on the Bible, swears as a witness. And this is why I talked about the very important wording of close personal relationship is the situation gets raised. If any sort of admin law loons were listening in on that, their ears might have perked up when she said that phrase, close personal relationship. And I think that there was that was very intentional wording in the way that was brought up. So, sorry, I'm going a roundabout way of saying the reason that the investigation into Gladys by the ICAC was called in the first place was based off the back of that hearing. And those words that she used, close personal relationship, sort of, you know, the ears of the ICAC were raised to that and thinking, well, if there was this relationship why was it not declared as she has to do? Yeah, absolutely. It came up in the context. Of- exactly, exactly. And then importantly, to a point I think we'll discuss later, is that from Darren Maguire's hearing and Gladys's hearing, there was about a year in between the two. So mm. do with that information what you will. A lot of preparation could happen on Gladys's behalf in choosing those words very carefully as well. Yeah, of course. Well, I think any time you're going to be giving evidence before ICAC, you prepare well and prepare I'm sure well. you, you think very carefully about how you would characterise something like that. It's probably not going to be the end of the story either, is it? I think we saw in The Australian earlier today or maybe even yesterday. Interestingly, I know what you're about to say. I tried to look at that article today. Error 404. Really gone. Mm. Oh, geez, that was quick. Interesting. Well, what we're talking about there is an article published by The Australian suggesting that Gladys Berejiklian may bring legal proceedings to challenge the finding of corrupt conduct on her part. Certainly the leader of the opposition, leader of the federal opposition, Peter Dutton, has come forward to say that she's not a corrupt person and that he doesn't think she had engaged in corrupt conduct, but that she had chosen a bum. Yeah. Um, And I think that's the big narrative sort of coming around is we've all been unlucky in love. We've all had that bad boyfriend, you know, the one that, you know, takes advantage of We've all had a Darryl Maguire in our lives. We've all had him. Uh, Let it go. And to that point, I think it's worth mentioning that Gladys also maintains that she has only ever done what she can and what's best for the state as opposed to anything that's serious misconduct that's been found. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in, in a way, we're sort of remembering everything that came out in the course of the hearing some time ago now, where 
I mean, I think especially some of those phone calls yeah. that we heard, you know, certainly not bending over backwards to help him out and, you know, encouraging him to speak to Treasurer, speak to the appropriate channels to raise those sorts of funding issues. Probably a bit of embarrassment there for Don Perrottet, uh, yeah. the Treasurer and then the Premier at the time. But, yeah, I don't think we've seen the last of it. Or perhaps we haven't seen the last perhaps, of it. Perhaps, perhaps. And I would also say on the point of embarrassment, Gladys probably would have also felt some embarrassment with those tapes being aired. I think what stood out to me, and I think it's been reported, is the use of the word hocus, hocus, which you might not have seen, was a point of trying to prove the relationship, what kind of a relationship it was between Daryl and Gladys, because the word hocus is if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is an Armenian word of affection. You refer to, like, someone you love as hawkers. So be like Dahl. Yeah, yeah, something maybe a bit more loving, I think, is what I was reading out of that. And Daryl would call that to his lovely Gladys. So I think yeah. that sort of personal information being aired definitely would be embarrassing for all parties. Yeah, involved. of course. There's also a few other findings, recommendations made by ICAC, especially around reporting corrupt conduct when it's suspected or when it's observed, improving the training of MPs and their staff, 18 recommendations overall to sort of structurally change things in Parliament to better identify and report corrupt conduct or suspected corrupt conduct. And as you mentioned, there has been some time since the hearing itself, we've had some time to think about it, and then the recommendations being made. I think it was a a year, almost a year, this side as well. So Darren Maguire's hearing, a year. Gladys's hearing a year, recommendations for Gladys's hearing. Yeah, it's certainly been a long time. Of course, and, and I think that's been subject to a lot of criticism as well. Again, going back to that ICAC criticism is how long they've taken to make those recommendations. And that's raised some interesting questions. The new leader of the state, the Premier, Chris Minns, and his Labor government have proposed to making ICAC set out a timeline for their hearing and then making recommendations to try and hold them more publicly accountable so that we're not stretching this process a long, long period of time. Changes around the way ICACs operate so are also coming under this sort of high-profile ICAC case. And I'm young. I think that is it Eddie Obeid is the that was another ICAC hearing yep. for the Labor Party. I don't know of anyone that's been more of a high-profile ICAC hearing than Gladys, but you can probably enlighten me otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. I think Eddie Obeid was obviously the big one that went on for some time as well. I think every time there's a major ICAC inquiry, there are discussions around the processes of ICAC exactly. and changing that in one way or another. You know, the last time ICAC was in the news, Margaret Keneen was um, oh, yeah. the subject of it. And there was a real question there about what constituted conduct in public office and, you know, what they should really be investigating because there was the sort of conduct they're investigating there on the part of Margaret Keneen was kind of something they had stumbled upon <laughs> investigating yeah. something else. Well, it's and, similar to this almost. In a yeah, way. and it wasn't in the context of her public duties. So yeah. I think ICAC's one of those extraordinary bodies and has such a politically charged role that any time there's an inquiry, any time it makes a finding and publishes that, both sides of politics are going to have something to say about that and have something not just to say about that finding, but how the body should work in the future. And in my personal opinion, I think that, you know, whether or not we're going to see it come to fruition, like you said, we see the discussion all the time, having accountability and, you know, sort of reportable deadlines would be a bad implementation for ICAC, I think so. Yeah, well, and it's, you know, it's timely given that we're still talking about a federal anti-corruption body. Exactly. Well, we're nearly out of time, but before we go, Jacob, if you had to pick it, is a federal political career Completely off the table now for Gladys? I would sadly say probably for her. I still think that our boy Daryl Maguire might be able to wheel and deal himself a a job in the big office. So let's not put that one aside. But I think Gladys' political career might well and truly be done and dusted and she'll enjoy her role at Optus. I guess it all depends if we see any 
further action coming from her camp around these findings. Exactly. Thanks for joining me in the recording room, Jay. No problem, David. Always a pleasure.